Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We are looking at this wonderful doctrine of our union with Christ, and um, at least part of the reason why we're looking at this is because our upcoming conference, Reformation Boise, the theme this year is In Christ Alone. We have two speakers, Mark Jones and Cornelis Venema, and this is going to be one of the topics, our union with Christ. So, having said that, let's just jump right in since we kind of did our introductory um questions yesterday what does so um oftentimes when a doctor is diagnosing a patient they'll do this thing called differential diagnosis well they'll they'll say it's not this it's not this it's not this well it must be this so let's first talk negatively about what our union with christ does not mean um for instance the mystics taught that complete salvation means that we become lost and absorbed into the eternal that's what their vision of union would mean. So to say that very straightforward, we don't lose our identity when we become in united with Christ. We still have our own personality, our own tendencies, our own weaknesses, strengths, whatever that might be. Um, we're not completely absorbed, as to use the language that was just read, right. um, in Christ. Now, it it will affect us, it will change us, yeah. but it won't... Um, neutralize or, or eliminate us right. in the equation. So we'll get back to right, that later. Right. Yeah. Um, and I do think that, that some uh, perhaps seekers uh, who are kind of on the outer outer edge of Christianity looking in, uh, I've, I've heard people express the fear that their, their self, their personhood will be lost. Yeah. It'll be like a sim- being assimilated into the Borg, <laughs> and you know I don't and I don't want that because uh, my my personhood will be lost in that resistance is futile. You know, resistance is futile, exactly. <laughs> and <clears throat> no, um, and I love what C.S. Lewis said about that. He said, "No, you you will be more. You come to Christ, you will discover you are more yourself yeah. than ever you were. Yeah, because you'll discover who you really are yeah. in Christ, uh, because He created you." And and he he knows you better than you. He designed every <clears throat> synapse in your brain and every, uh, every every gene that that programmed who you would become. Um, you will be more yourself. Yeah. You will not be erased. So that's what the mystics taught. So we deny that. We deny that. You know, we become lost or absorbed and lose our personality. By the way, just as a side note, that's what also pantheistic monism teaches that we lose right. our distinct consciousness right. and that we're absorbed into the oneness of all things. So we deny that. And that's kind of the overemphasis of this idea of union. But there's another mistake. Um, the underemphasis uh, would be to think of our union only in terms of 
a union of interests or we share a union of mission or a, a union of society. I mean, just look around in culture, people form a union around any number of causes like the Boy Scouts or Mothers Against Drunk Driving. These all have a union of common interests. So brothers, is that how we're to think about our union with Christ that we merely we merely share his concerns? Is that what union is? It is not merely that. It, it does involve that. Um, that's an outgrowth of our of our union with Christ. But it, it is so much more. Um, and so we're going to un- unpack this a little bit in, in the days to come and, and maybe even further in this show. But it is not simply that we share a common mission, common idea, common cause. Um, it, it goes deeper than that. It's more um, – that would be an external union – um, we're talking about something that is is extensive, is internal, is um, actually becomes almost part of our our fiber, yeah. if you will. Um, it becomes our very identity. It becomes our identity without us losing our identity, yeah. and that that's hard to understand. There's there's a part of this that is it does involve mystery, yeah. at least in part. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Those two things are are what it doesn't mean. So then let's get to the positive part. What does it mean to be united to Christ? And and I would argue, um, maybe here's a, a broad outline and maybe you guys want to go in a different direction, but positively speaking, there are at least several different ways of describing our union. So first of all, it's a spiritual union. Secondly, um, it's what Calvin or the Puritans called a mystical union or a mm-hmm. mysterious union. Thirdly, it's a vital union. Fourthly, it's an organic union. Fifthly, it's a personal union. And then sixth, sixthly, it's an indissoluble union. So can we just take these one at a time? What does it mean to have a spiritual union with Jesus Christ? This is actually not that complicated. The spiritual is just referring to the fact that it, it involves the, the Holy Spirit, that our union with Christ is because of the work of the Spirit in our hearts and lives. Um, that we cannot have union with Christ outside of that work, working of the Spirit to bring about that union. Yeah. Now, it doesn't start with the Spirit um, in the fact that our union is actually before that. It's because that in Ephesians 1 is where you really can understand how that union occurs, that um, before the foundation of the wor- world we are chosen um, in Christ by the Father, and then in time, Jesus Christ makes that union possible because of the fact of his the redemption that we have through his blood, and then it's the Spirit, hence the spiritual union, that, that brings us into Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so the spiritual union is just referring to the work of the Spirit in that, in that event. Yeah, and it's a supernatural work. It, it is something that God does. Um, by his divine power. It's not something that we have to rev up on our own or by our energies or by our searching and, and reaching and grasping to lay hold of Christ. It is a supernatural thing done done by God in the, in the life of the believer. That's right. So let me give you a verse real quick, a couple of verses that emphasize this dimension, this spiritual union. So 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17, Paul says, but he who is joined to the Lord, there's union, becomes one spirit with him. And then again in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, Paul says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So that's 
kind of touching on this idea of spiritual union. Okay, what about this the second idea? Do you guys so the second idea is is our mystical union. Do you guys have a problem with that that language our mystical union with Christ? No, and and when it's properly understood, I think frankly Christians don't talk about the mystical enough and sometimes we're we're put off because that term is abused, you know, by the kind of new agey crunchy granola crowd. And, uh, and, by, and by the way, crunchy granola crowd out there, we really love you. Um, but uh, that term... Phil, I, I actually don't <laughs> think you can do what you just did. <laughs> You're not going to let me get away with that? No, no, no. no. <laughs> anyway, uh, but the, the mysticism, you know, some Christians have a suspicion of the word mystic or, or mysticism. But what we're talking about here when we say the believer's mystical union with Christ is something we don't fully understand. It's a truth that we know because God's Word teaches it, and we experience it, um, but we can't say that we fully understand it. And, and in that sense, it, it, it is mystical, and it is, it is mysterious, and nonetheless true. And let me give you a, a powerful example, I think, from Scripture uh, that to me illustrates the the mysterious nature of the believer's union with Christ. In Galatians two twenty, Paul says, and he's he, and he says this in the context of reject, rejecting legalism and the burden of a legalistic obligation to the law. He says, "I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me." Wow, no, hang on, Paul. What do you mean you've been crucified with Christ? You weren't there. Yeah. You, 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 Christ was alone on that cross. How can? What do you mean when you say, I have been crucified with Christ? Well, he's talking about, he's, he's making reference to this mystical truth of the believer's union with Christ that I can say, Phil Moran can say, and my brothers here in the studio can say, when Christ died on that cross, I was united to him, and I died there. Yeah. My old self died there. As, as Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's the, that's the mystical union. There's another dimension of this, and we mentioned it off air, and we'll, we'll hit this again in future broadcasts, but Paul says in Ephesians 2, he speaks of the believer that God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think that you could come up with a better term than mystical when you're looking at this verse, because right. what does that mean right. that we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places? I'm, I'm right here in Boise, Idaho right now. What are you talking about, Paul? But that's what he wants to emphasize is there is a, mis a mysterious union that we have with Christ that where Christ is, we are because he is our head and we are his body. In Colossians, Paul writes, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make, us, to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. Yes. So the fact of the matter is the union with Christ is so profound that, that it's almost too good to be true. And the reality is it is too good to be true. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you will not be able to plumb the depths of the, this great mystery. And some people have struggled with that and say, well, if you can't be able to fully understand it, if you can't be able to, to be able to explain it all, then somehow then it's not good. 
And I'm saying to you, the fact of the matter is this, there is so much that is beyond us with regard to Christianity, and it better be that way, or otherwise Christianity isn't worth a nickel. Yeah, God is beyond us. The mystery of our union with Christ is beyond us. It's so good, so rich, so incredible that you're going to end up scratching your head and say, well, this can't be true. Yeah. You, that mm-hmm. can't be a reality that I'm in Christ and Christ is in me and I can never be separated from him. And that because he's in the heavens, I'm in the heavens with him. Yes. That he is with me in, in, in my difficulties and struggles and anxieties and fears and, and whatever it might be, Christ is real right there with us. That's right. mm-hmm. I mean, how do you understand that? Yeah. Right. You don't. Yeah. That's a mystery. Well, and I'm thankful for it. Amen. You know what's interesting is when Paul teaches about marriage in Ephesians 5, um, he can't help but go to our union with Christ as a, a little illustration of what he means by the yep. two shall become one flesh. He says in Ephesians 5.31, Therefore, a man leaves his father and mother and hold, fa- and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then he could almost put the period there and the chapter. But then he says, right. this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Yeah. That somehow we have become one with Christ. The two, we were alienated from Christ because of our sin. Christ paid for our debt fully and finally on the cross. And when he died, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried with him. When he was raised, we were raised with him. And we have become one with him. Mm-hmm. And he says it's a profound mystery. Right. And, and I would suggest that we need to learn to live in the tension of the mystery of the faith a little bit more than what we do. Mm-hmm. We want it to be cut and dried. We want it to be clean and neat and tidy. And I, I don't really think that that's, that's the, the Christianity of, of the scriptures. The scriptures are saying, no, there are riches beyond your wildest imagination and, right. and live in that tension of not fully understanding all that we possess in Christ. Yeah. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. All the information about our upcoming conference, Reformation Boise 2019, In Christ Alone, you can find at ReformationBoise.com. We hope to see you there, and we will see you next time.